Chapter Three of the Sorrows of a Showgirl, a story of the Great White Way, by Kenneth McGaffey. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain, in which Sabrina receives money from an unexpected source, and brings to light how she came to receive it and what she intends doing when the entire sum is given her. Providence has got to throw something besides crap some time or other, remarked Sabrina the showgirl, as we complimented her upon her new gown. And I guess I'm there with rings on my fingers and bells on my toes, or words to that effect. Take me by the hand and lead me to some secluded nook, and I will unburden my young soul. When we had seated ourselves, and the waiter had retired for the second time, she began. You have been hearing me put up a plaintive plea about being on the rocks. Well, I was. I had everything in hock but my self-respect, and I had that ready to tuck under my shawl at a moment's notice and rush off to Uncle Sims. But never again for ma. I was up in my suite wondering if I could sign checks at Child's when the landlady shoved a letter under my door. She could have shoved a dog under just as well as not. I dive for the epistle, thinking, perhaps, it is some word of encouragement from Matt Grau. I tear open the envelope and pull out a letter, and out drops a piece of paper that could look like it meant money. It's a cinch I beat it to the floor. It was a check. I staggered against the gas stove I was so surprised. Then I unfolded it, and it was made out to me. Can you beat that? To me, and in my real name, for one hundred, count em, one hundred cold, hard clearinghouse certificates. The only thing that kept me from having a scene with myself was the fact that I had drank up all my merry yuletide gifts. Well, by and by, after piping off the check, counting it, biting it, smelling it, I had sense enough to look at the letter. This is going to be a long, sad tale, so you'd better—yes, that's it, a little more of the same. You see, it was this way. Last season when I—thank goodness—when I was with a Broadway production instead of a road show, a certain party, whom I had met while out on the one-night stands the season before, came stampeding into town, and it fell upon my fair young shoulders to show him the sights. Query. Did I show him the sights? Answer. Yes, I did show him the sights. If there was any place we didn't see, it was because you had to have an introduction to get in. Then Edward became inoculated with an idea that it would be a good plan to consume all the booze on Broadway, thereby preventing others from living intemperate lives. Such a chance. You know the new tunnel couldn't hold the reserve supply of liquids that can report for duty at a minute's notice on the corner of 42nd and Broadway. The first time I got hep to those proceedings was when I received the glad tidings over the phone from a hospital steward that a friend of mine was trying to bite holes in the detention sheet and shrieking my name. I grabbed a book on pink animals I have met and flew to the rescue. When I got to the cot, there was Edward's cherubic mug peeping out from under about four miles of nice clean bandages and an attendant sitting daintily on his chest. When he saw me, he calmed down and dismissed the menagerie for the nonce. "'Deary,' he said, taking my shrinking little hand in his. "'It was awful. It's only by mere chance that you find me custodian of this reptile bazaar, instead of one of those mangled remains things. It was this way. I had been down to the bar lapping up a few drinks, and pretty soon a band comes up the street. I go out to look it over, and there's nothing in sight. So I go back and get Arthur to mix me up another, to see if it won't make me feel better.' I drink that, and hear the band again. I run out just in time to see it hiding behind the post. It's bum harmony at that, so I go upstairs to take a nap. I'm lying there on the bed, when all of a sudden the door opens, and in marches twelve little soldiers, about six inches high, dressed in blue pants and red coats. 
they climb and start to pull off a zouave drill on the foot of the bed. That made me sour, for I don't feel like a military pageant, so I lift up my foot and kick them out on the floor. The soldiers don't say a word, but jump up and climb out through the transom. In about five minutes, the door opens, and in marches the whole army, all about six inches high. Gee, there must have been a million of them, for all I could see was blue pants and red coats. I'm lying there on the bed, taking it all in, when up rides a dinky little officer on a horse. He salutes me, and I salute him, just to let them know that there wasn't any hard feeling. Then he says, I'm glad to state that you have but one life to lose for your country. Therefore, we are going to shoot you. Well, you know me, dearie. I jumped out of the window. The next time I come out of it, here's this guy doing snake-charming stunts on my stomach. Can you beat that for a pipe? I look after this party with all the loving care of a sister, and thanks to the doctor and a pump we pulled him through. When he was able to be shipped home, I went down to the train to see him off, and as he kissed me goodbye, he said, Don't you worry, kid. I won't forget this. I didn't pay any attention to his chatter, thinking it nothing but balloon juice. But this letter says that he died about a week ago, and left ten thousand to me, in such a way that it won't do his wife no good to yelp. Ten thousand! Gee, ain't that an awful huge lot of money, for one poor little Mary Mary to be burdened with? The lawyer sent that first hundred along, to show that they were not pikers, and said that the rest would be along in a few days. Gosh, I won't know what to do with it. I can't get that much in my little Lyle Thread bank, without spoiling the contour of that new gown effect I'm going to be poured into. Clothes, well, I should hope so, dear. When the true meaning of that effusion soaked into my system, the way I grabbed my hat and took it on the run for the dressmakers was a caution to cab horses. I'm going to get a bunch of clothes and then slide for home. You know, my father was mayor of Emporia for nearly a whole term, and I can go right back into society. That is a great burg. If anybody wears anything but a Mother Hubbard on weekdays, they are doped out as an actress. Sure, that's the way they know that there's a show in town. That and the band. That town will have nothing but the best. If a show isn't good enough to hair a band, it might as well cancel. It's a great show town, all right. Sometimes they have two shows there the same week. East Lynn and something else. The Boston store has the Pilgrim's Progress on the recent fiction counter. Well, I must rush right along. I've got to go over to some place and get a mile or two of those puff gags. Mine are all moth-eaten. I've got some more things to buy, and then I'm going around and make faces at all these theatrical agents. Bye-bye! End of chapter 3